So welcome back to the LAN Party podcast. Today I'm very excited to announce we've got Tim Maloney on. Uh, so Tim, tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So um, we we chat a little bit before we went on air here, but we, so my name is Tim Maloney. I'm CEO and co, sorry, CIO and co-founder of Roundhill Investments. And really what we are is we our financial services company, but we're very focused on esports and digital entertainment, which we can talk a little bit about how we define it. But the the genesis of the company is my business partner and I, we grew up together, we grew up playing games together. It was always a big part of our lives. And we were looking at what was happening in, in esports and we kind of asked ourselves, well, how would we invest in this? I can't go buy a team. Um, I think good for the people who can, but you know, I don't have that much money. Um, <laughs> And uh, really what we did is we took a step back and we looked at what we knew, which we both worked in financial services at the time. Um, and we looked at the opportunity set available for investing in gaming companies that are you know, involved in esports and digital entertainment. And what we found was there was a pretty compelling set of companies that you could put together into a basket. Um, and what we ultimately decided to do is we, we put that basket together and we created a um, an exchange traded fund which we can talk a little bit more and i can give kind of a, a yeah. definition for any any listeners who aren't familiar but an exchange traded fund that tracks the industry and the opportunity set so that investors you know across the spectrum of of um you know uh net worth and, and other you know sort of things can get exposure to the industry especially with a focus on reaching the kind of gaming audience so that they can invest in what they care about. So that's what we started with. And uh, we've been doing it for a little over a year and a half. Um, and uh, our product, you know, initially got listed in June of last year. So that's a quick okay. background. Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, still quite a new product, really. Yes, it is. Yeah. And and I, I said I would do this. So I'll give a quick uh, definition of an ETF. Yes, so basically, yeah, sure. So an exchange traded fund, um, it's essentially a basket of companies that mm -hmm. trades on an exchange much like a stock would. So if you wanted to buy shares in Apple, you would go into your brokerage account or wherever you trade stocks, you would type in the ticker for Apple, which is AAPL, and you'd be able to buy it, the price you'd buy it. Yeah. Um, with an ETF, the workflow is very much the same for the end users, but what you do is you type in a ticker that corresponds to the ETF. In this case, it would be NERD, which we're very proud of. Um, but instead of buying one company, you're buying a basket of 25 companies in weights that are, you know, you can look them up, they're publicly made available at the end of each day, you can see. Uh, but it's a way to get diversified exposure to something rather than having to build the basket yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you, it's, it's quite a nice, way to spread the risk as well of yep of trading um that's obviously. that's exactly right and i think we we may go into this later but i think even if you did have you know access to the capital to either invest in gaming startups yeah. esports startups or buy a team unless you're making a few different investments you very much run the risk of you know if that doesn't work out it's a higher potentially a higher risk strategy right yeah so. exactly it could pay off really well in that strategy, but then you could lose everything. So yep. yeah, it's, yeah, it, exactly. It spreads the risk. And like you said, it's getting involved with, with the gaming industry in a more uh, risk adverse way. Um, you mentioned earlier as well about trying to get in front of younger people as well. Kind of what's the, what's the thinking behind that? So yeah, that's that's really the second piece of our vision of, at Round Hill. And really what that is, is we think that the way the establishment, I guess, in the financial services and the investment management industry, um, the way they market and the way they kind of build their brand, they're missing on a lot of the key channels that are demographic. I'm a millennial, but millennial and, and kind of Gen Z. I think they're missing the channels that that cohort is on. And as a result, I think there's a lot of white space to create content about an industry and a, ultimately an investment product in a compelling way that we can reach that demographic directly, we can build a brand with them and provide what we think is a valuable service in that offering a way to get diversified exposure to the industry. 
Um, so how does that manifest itself? We end up being active on Twitter, active on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, which is, I think, a really exciting platform. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, we have a newsletter, but we're trying to do things differently than, than some of the bigger players are because we think that if we can build that relationship with these younger investors by providing value, that there's something sustainable about that. And it's, it's just not being done elsewhere as, as best we can tell. Yeah, it seems, I mean, from, from my point of view, it seems like investing in stocks or whatever it is you're investing in seems to be, uh, it's, all, it's almost a dark art. It seems to be something that no one really knows how you even get into it. Like, how would I start to get into it? So creating this content is a really good way to, get that idea going i think yeah no i hopefully you're right and hopefully because <laughs> we definitely agree about that but i think you know like i said i worked in the financial services industry and i would see it just in conversations with friends who aren't in finance and yeah. you know working in finance there's just the the education about like the opportunity set and kind of financial literacy it's it's, it's lacking right so yeah, if this absolutely. is a, a a low a low barrier to entry way to hopefully help provide some of that mm, yeah then that's good i was even thinking the other day about this is completely off topic um no let's do it about uh kind of financial literacy like you were saying and how in schools at the moment when you're what 13 14 in the uk at least you choose a set of gcse's and one of those has to be maths which is really good but what I was thinking about is what if you didn't have to choose maths, but you had a choice between math, like I'm doing algebra, I'm doing right. all of that kind of thing, or you've got finance, which is still a type of maths, but it's a more business maths, like you're saying. What, do you think that would be a good, a good idea? Or do you think it's I, I think so. I don't know exactly. How, I mean, look, I think there's a lot of jokes mm. that you can find on the internet about like, you know, I haven't used algebra since algebra yeah. class, but yeah. here I am. I can't do my taxes. Um, I have, you know, I lack the basic skills that are actually yeah. needed to survive in the world. Exactly. Um, I think there's something to it. I don't know how it, it gets put into play, mm -hmm. but, but yes, I think, yeah. you know, and, and in a lot of cases, it's maybe just having some, some like more practical applications built in. Like you could have a math class yeah. where part of it is, you know, learning how to calculate, I mean, taxes is a terrible example for that. But <laughs> yeah, but so anyway. maybe something a little bit more, uh, more intense, maybe, I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. If you take a look at um, Elon Musk, he's, he, he teaches his um, children and some other, you know, elites, I guess, uh, mm. um, just the stuff they want to learn. He, does, he has his own school for them. They don't do all the classic maths or anything. No, they just like, if they want, want to do rocket science or whatever, you know, <laughs> they can go and do that. It's pretty cool, actually, which I prefer personally. I think that makes yeah. more sense. And I can't think of anything that I've used. No. Is, is he actually teaching that? Because I, I mean, I would go back to school to yeah. have Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he does. Um, and then he has like other people from specific industries where their children go and then they teach something from what my understanding of it well that is interesting yeah, yeah. Now, elon musk is actually a little bit of a gamer himself i'm not sure yes. how much of that yeah yeah i was actually i was at e3 um last year and he mm. he was doing a demo where they were introducing gaming into a tesla so we actually went um and we tried to we have these hats that have our ticker so like mm. dollar sign and then nerd yeah. So we ran up and gave him a hat after because we figured <laughs> in yeah. the off chance he puts himself in potentially regulatory issues again and like puts a tweet out with that, yeah. then like, bravo, then we good. win. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We win. Nice work. Yeah. That is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Elon. Yeah. Character, Elon. that guy. What, what a dude. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure amazing. We, could, we could talk about education for ages. I've got. I've got a ton of ideas, but Same. never Same gonna man. happen. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so with your obviously you kind of made this decision to kind of go into the esports media world. Mm -hmm. What prompted that decision? Was it the facts? Is it like a sound business idea, or was it you're a gamer yourself, or what's the background behind it? 
So it's a little bit in the middle. Um, so mm -hmm. I think part of it, if you look at what we're trying to do at Round Hill more broadly, you need to have a compelling sort of investment thesis, which I think gaming and esports fits. Yeah. You need to know that that thesis makes sense to the demographic that you are trying to build a business around. And it needs to be something that, you know, you're able to talk about. Otherwise, how are you going to create content? So it fit on those three fronts. Um, I, I kind of thought I'd get to game more as a part of research, but that hasn't ended up playing out quite like I hoped it would. Um, <laughs> but I think high level from a business point of view, that was important. Um, but I think when you look at the opportunity within um, esports and kind of gaming, I, the, the one I... So we, we call our fund an esports and digital entertainment fund. Mm -hmm. The reason being it's meant to look at the opportunity set associated with competitive gaming, with game live streaming and game streaming, and with the social component that kind of, they all feed off each other in a lot of ways. So I think yeah. they're hard to detangle. But um, when you look at that opportunity set, I think frankly, we said to ourselves, most people who are in the investing world aren't paying attention here. That to me means there's an opportunity because if they start paying attention, they're going to need something that we're offering, whether it's our product yeah, yeah. or our thought leadership. So that's, that's the business side. As far as gaming myself, and I think we'll probably go into this, I've always been a gamer. Um, I still have, I have a, an Xbox, an N64, and a Switch in my apartment. Um, <laughs> like I said, I don't get to use them as much as I'd like, but it's just, it's something that I think for, for my generation and younger, it's such an important part of life for a large percentage of us. Um, and I think that's only going to get, only going to become a higher and higher percentage. And I think that, again, there's not yeah. enough focus on how important this industry is to yeah. people like well, ourselves. Yeah, it's quite interesting because I've dealt with loads and loads of investors over sort of the last couple of years. And I go in and I say, you know, even just mentioning the word esports, they're like, what's that? And if they mm -hmm. do know what it is, they're like, eh, not too sure. Because in my opinion, it's still quite a development, developing market. It's still quite young mm -hmm. to me personally. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much that, that can be done. Uh, but yeah, you go in and they just have no idea. Um, and the amount of people that have just been like, nah, we, we don't, we're not really interested. Um, okay. However, while you pitch it, just because they don't understand the, mar the business, you know, the, the whole market of it. Um, so it's quite nice to see people actually trying to get involved in esports for investment. Um, you know, particularly from my experience with it, it's just so difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And I think like, I mean, one question I get a lot, part of my job is talking to investors about, you know, you should check, you know, check out this industry. A lot of people will just ask the very generic question of what do you mean people watch other people play video games? Like why wouldn't they just play games themselves? And like, I hate to draw on professional sports analogies cause I don't think it's always a great analogy, but like, what, like, are you still playing like tackle football? No. What do you do on Sunday? You probably watch football. Like, I don't understand how that argument comes up as much as it does, but it does. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's what, it's such a strange, um, strange thing, and we, it's something that I've been talking to other people about. Around, um, I was talking to a guy today who does a football podcast every week, and I mentioned it to him. I was like, "Would you ever cover esports? Like, if they did a Madden esports event, would you cover that?" And he's like, "Actually, I think I would, because it's still football, so you mm -hmm. can still enjoy the same game, even if you want to." Like you don't have to actually go that far. You don't have to go to League of Legends, Call of Duty. You can right. football, but it's just online. It's digital. Well, it's quite interesting to see actually how many uh, football players and even, um, for example, uh, what's his name, Drake, the you know mm -hmm. music artist. How much they're getting involved in esports and in gaming. Um, mm. I mean, a lot. Of the I actually saw something recently where a and professional NFL player has now become a professional esports player because <laughs> he says there's loads less injuries and you just it's exactly the same yeah. thing it's actually just doing it with a controller instead of actually right. like absolutely smashed down to the ground <laughs> awesome. yeah I think there's there's definitely a lot of that I think the NFL and NBA in particular you're seeing a lot of it but like I think the one you're thinking of is Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh Steelers he's a he's a member of FaZe Clan um which is, you know, oh, yeah, kind I know of, who you're on about. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could be someone else. There's there's been a few. There's a lot of um, I think crossover, and I think part of it too is, I mean, part of it ties back to just influencer culture. I hate to use that term because yeah. it's probably not the perfect one, but these individual players, you know, 20 years ago, there wasn't really a way for an NFL wide receiver to build this personal brand for themselves, but now there is. And if you can do it and you like gaming, like why wouldn't you tie the two together? Um, so anyway, I think, I think there's a lot of overlap and I think in some ways, when people try and tie it back to traditional sports, it's not apples to apples and it maybe isn't the right comparison. But on the flip side, I think when we talk about building awareness for what's happening in the gaming industry and making it relatable to people who don't game themselves, it is kind of an important tool um, yeah. to get that buy-in. Yeah, it works sure. to get the yeah. message across enough to, like you say, get the buy-in. Um, yep. that, but like you say, there are there's some differences. Yep. Um, so what, I guess, what, what is your, do you actually watch eSports yourself or do you prefer just to play if and when you can? Uh, I do. I would say if you were to split up, you know, kind of eSports and gaming more mm. broadly, I was more of a, of a game, like a recreational gamer. Um, I'm, I'm frankly not very good at video games, which I hate <laughs> saying. Um, and the ones I am any good at are like, not to be insulting to these communities, but it's like fighting games and racing, which are not really, you know, it's not MOBAs. It's not first yeah. person shooters. It doesn't quite get the same publicity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But I will say I, I have started following more closely the individual kind of tier one leagues just because I need to know what I'm talking about. And it's, mm. I mean, it's real entertainment. I think when you look at the opening ceremony for worlds this year, like that's, that's real entertainment on anyone's spectrum. It's just a matter of yeah. getting people to see it. And I've shared that video with people who don't follow and they're like, wow. Amazing. Yeah. 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 They really, yeah, I think with eSports, they just, they go all in on yep. a lot of stuff. And I think they can um, because they, they get these big arenas. They've got a lot of money behind them as well. And it's, I feel that the actual, the actual event, running an event like that, is fairly cheap in the grand, mm -hmm. grand thinking of things. So they can put more into more entertaining elements of it. Sure. Yeah. Although I did think it was interesting. A little bit of a side note, but um, one question I've always had is how much power do the publishers have in the ecosystem? And I think yeah. it's a lot. And in theory, they can run their own events, and a lot of them do that. Um, but we actually saw, I just want to make sure I get my, my numbers here, but Blizzard is now using um, Modern Times Group, which is a portfolio holding, and ESL to run their Blizzard and, and um, sorry, their StarCraft and Warcraft events, which is oh, okay. interesting because, interesting. yeah, they announced it last week and I there's kind of two sides of it. One could mm. be they're focusing their efforts on what I think are their more popular, yeah, exactly. Mm. But it is still, I think, interesting to see that there is value for those third-party, you know, event, basically event companies, yeah. because I think it is a specialized skill. And, you know, I, anyway, that's a little bit yeah. of a side note, but I thought no, that was interesting. It's, it's really interesting, especially from Blizzard, um, because mm -hmm. typically Blizzard have been very controlling with all their IP. Um, mm -hmm. And they've made it, particularly with Overwatch, which is, I think, one of the more popular titles. Um, they are pretty much restricted anyone to potentially running an event. I think it's, mm -hmm. it's impossible to run a proper tournament um, in Overwatch that isn't done by Blizzard itself. So it is interesting to see them just kind of relinquish control of these other IPs and let other people run it. Um, yep. I, I was surprised. And it, it comes back to, we may get to this, but... I think when you look at some of the esports orgs, like the challenge for them is going to be to find creative ways to effectively become profitable because unlike traditional sports, and again, don't always love these analogies, but no one owns the game of football. Someone no, owns the right. IP behind all these games. And at a certain point, like they're a gatekeeper to the revenue channels, right? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. If they slap some rules on, on running tournaments then that's or whatever they want to do right then they could just stop it or do whatever they want to do um right 
which is quite an issue. Um, but going, going back to revenue, actually, I did hear a interesting stat the other day, which I think it was um, like an esports, the average kind of value of an esports uh, viewer, mm -hmm. I think is about $20. Um, whereas the average NFL viewer is around $250. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, how do you think, do you think there's any ways that they can kind of increase that value per viewer? So I do, um, and, and I always find those, those data points to be fascinating. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of catch up that needs to take place within kind of fan monetization. Um, and there's a few ways to get there. I do think that in a lot of cases, those numbers are maybe a little bit too specific to just the competitive side of esports. Because again, yeah. if you have a, you know a big fan of the Overwatch League, um, the revenues from in-game purchases aren't necessarily being tied back to esports. But it could be that really that fan was cultivated as an esports yeah, fan, right? right? So, so I do think there's that. But no, I think for the orgs, it's going to be it's going to be necessary for both orgs and for the actual publishers to figure this out. But creative ways to monetize an audience is, you know, it's, it's going to be different channels, most likely than traditional sports. It's not all going to be media rights, although there'll be some yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think there's ways to do it. So I think um, one that always comes up is phase clan to me where sure they don't necessarily have, you know, their own kind of fully owned uh, franchise slots in the big leagues. They have mm -hmm. some exposure there, but they have a tremendous influencer base. And I think that's a really good way for them to build a brand. And I think that's potentially more sustainable because it's, they have more control over monetization in the long run. So yeah. that's it. Yeah, just absolutely. one example of doing things differently. Yeah, I like it. It's, it and like you say, Facebook does, it does have that brand building expertise i think um because mm -hmm. they don't they don't play any games that i particularly follow mm -hmm. but i still know of them and i still kind of know quite a bit about them because of like you say they've got this influencer base they've got a larger reach than a lot of teams do even mm -hmm. though, uh, you know top tiers yep um so going on from that with with your own promotion and getting yourself in front of of the people you want to what we mentioned obviously you're doing linkedin twitter and all of those kind of what is what do you think is the most effective way for you at the moment uh yeah so um there's there's sort of two things that we are two different separate categories of promotion we do or promoting excuse me yeah. um there's promotion of the actual fund, which because it's a very regulated industry, we're really limited in what we can do. And then there's promoting Round Hill and ourselves. Yeah. We focus our time and efforts, frankly, on Round Hill and ourselves because we can be a lot more active. Um, and I think, you know, you, we mentioned some of the mediums we use. Um, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for being able to build an audience on the channels we're active on. So Twitter, yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn, things like that. Um, and again, it's something that the traditional investment managers are not doing. Yeah. So yeah. we, those are really the ones we're most active on. We do have an email newsletter as well. Um, we try to find ways to build an audience where, you know, we, we give our audience a certain amount of credit and know that they'll figure out we have an investment product they can invest in. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a leap, but, yeah. but that being said, there's value in and of itself to building this this brand where you have some sort of thought leadership. And I also think we, we comment on things a little bit differently than most people talking about esports, right? We're looking at, you know, how, how, you know, take your, take a big number that you see out there. We're going to mm -hmm. say this number exists. Here's why it's relevant to these companies as they kind of build a business in this segment. Right. And okay. I think if we can provide value that way, that's hopefully a way to, to continue growing that audience. Yeah, it's um, it's just getting that, like you said, that different spin on it and promoting right. ways. Yeah, exactly. Like we we don't want to get into the business of of breaking news necessarily. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of outfits that do that and do that very well. Yeah. Um, but if we can tie it back 
and make people think about the, you know, the potential implications from an investing point of view, that's kind of where we want to, where we want to sit and look for some people that's not going to be relevant and they may not really care what we're putting out there, but mm. that's not our audience then. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. If they're not interested in that at this point, then that's up to them. Um, right. What would you, what would you say is the most effective channel for you at the moment then? Yeah. Um, I think email has become probably the most successful. Um, I think it's important to have a regular place in people's schedule. So we're actually still playing with whether or not we want to be like Saturdays or Sundays, for example, for the newsletter. Um, I think that's a really effective one to have as a cornerstone. Mm. We try to cover everything else on the other channels as it goes. Um, But we're constantly trying new things and we're also, we're also somewhat limited even in our own personal social media accounts for what we can use because oh, we have to really? arch- archive everything for seven years. So, um, yeah, some of the rules are a little absurd, but like, for <laughs> yeah. example, Discord, we can't effectively archive, so I can't use Discord for work purposes at all. That and, is insane. Yeah, and as a result, I kind of just don't use it because if I'm on Discord, in like the gaming area, like how mm. am I not working? Yeah, that's hard true. To... There's that gray area where it, it yeah. could turn into work, even if it's yeah. you're not supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway, I, I promise I wouldn't go too far into the regulatory compliance side of it because no, it's boring. It's just fine. about just about everyone but me. But um, <laughs> it's a short answer of saying I think there's some channels we can use that we've found ways to use pretty effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I find it quite interesting because I used to work in data security, so all that stuff I quite un- I understand, and it, it's interesting actually to me. Like you say, it's boring to most people, but it's interesting to me that Discord doesn't allow some sort of archiving system, especially with the amount of um, sort of esports-related businesses um, and teams uh, actually use it for communication. And yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going <laughs> no, to say it may be that it can be archived. We just have one service provider we work with. And okay. It's some of it's silly. Like, I think we were told we couldn't do ads on Reddit, which who knows if running ads on Reddit's even a good idea because I think Reddit, which yeah. is, but anyway, we were told we couldn't do ads on Reddit because we wouldn't be able to control the comments, but we were allowed to run ads on Twitter and Instagram where the functionality is the same. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same. Uh, interesting. So this, that was one where it was just like, okay, like you, yeah. you got your rules, like we'll, we'll play. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can, I guess, with that. Yeah, but it's interesting. And look, we, we you know, we are regulated. We want to make sure we're doing everything within the rules. I would say sometimes we're even maybe conservative because the last yeah. thing we want to do is run afoul of a rule. Like that's just not, going to be yeah. good for our business yeah. um but i think there's a lot of these mediums just aren't they haven't new rules haven't been made to account for using them so we try to find yeah. the best ways to use them where it's you know in accordance with the law yeah exactly <laughs> that's amazing how yeah. regulated would you say that you think the industry is at the moment financial services yeah um but in terms of sort of the esports sides um our our regulatory issues are all on the financial services side and being yeah. an ETF product this year. I, we wouldn't have any issues if we were just uh, communicating about gaming, as far as I know. I mean, there, there'd be some things, but yeah. le- less than, much less than what we're currently dealing with. So Yeah, mm, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so earlier as well, you also mentioned about... Uh, social gaming and you think that term gets used incorrectly yeah yeah um so i i do think there's some arguments to the conversation of gaming as potentially the next Mm. social networks um i think it sometimes gets misapplied but the way i look at it is i used to go home from school and Mm -hmm. jump on aol instant messenger right that was how i communicated with friends hopefully Hopefully everyone listening knows what that means, but if not, yeah, it's basically like, it was, it was basically just a chat bot, chat 
Yeah, it was what Facebook, on. Facebook Messenger, but but through AOL with yeah, a, through hor AOL. a horrible login sound like. Doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> um, anyway, that's what I did to keep in touch with people. Now kids go home and they play Fortnite to talk to their friends, mm. and in a lot of cases, yeah, sure they're trying to win, but it's winning's almost secondary to the the social component of it. Um, so I do think there's some truth to potentially having these be the next social network or, or social kind of gathering place. I mean, you, it's really all Epic, not to discount efforts others have made, but what Epic's been doing is incredible with the Marshmallow concert, the black hole where they got millions of people to watch other people watching a black hole on a screen. Yeah. I mean, Madness. That, that was a, that's a Harvard Business School case study five years from now, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it should, it should be. It should be. Um, and then the, the recent Star Wars activation, I mean, I, I, I saw mm -hmm. a post on Twitter that really stuck in my head where it was like, it was, it was an older gentleman and he was just like, I've been trying to get my kids to watch Star Wars for <laughs> 10 years and they get a lightsaber in Fortnite and they've watched like all of the original movies with me in the last like two days. <laughs> no way. That is incredible. Yeah. And then it, it starts to, it transcends the game itself. And like all of a sudden, if you're if you're a company that has kind of, you know, IP from another form of media mm -hmm. from a little while back that you want to leverage, like you should be calling Epic and being like, can we do an activation ASAP? Yeah. Can we yeah. throw something in Fortnite? Exactly. Um, I've seen recently as, as well, I don't know, do you, um, do you, are you on TikTok at all? Um, that's another one that we can't archive. I, I follow oh, TikTok um, and oh. I see a lot of TikTok basically videos being ported onto my other channels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so TikTok's a fascinating platform. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah. um, we can get more into TikTok uh, maybe in a bit. But um, basically Fortnite, I think it must have been, might have been on Saturday, they released a advertising campaign with TikTok that uh, users take a sound that, Fortnite have created and they create their own dance to it and awfully obviously hashtag Fortnite and the winner of this kind of dance off gets that dance put into the Fortnite game. And oh wow. It's amazing and it's had millions of views and thousands of videos being created for it already. Um, and it's just like you say Epic just have this way with marketing themselves and marketing on Fortnite that is constantly building hype. Yeah, that's uh so I I, I think I've seen references to what you're talking about. I haven't yeah. dove in. I mean you take twenty four hours off in this industry and you're way behind. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. so yeah. um but yeah I mean that's a fascinating partnership and I think will be great for both platforms. Mm -hmm. I don't know if TikTok needs any help here in the US. I think it's no, done a pretty good job, but yeah. Still, did you um, if if you could kind of archive in TikTok, do you think it's something you'd venture into? It is. This is where I start to. The question becomes: Would I be an effective user of TikTok? <laughs> I don't know that anyone wants to see. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I would guess no one wants to watch my TikTok videos. Um, Are you sure? But yeah, you know what? I guess there's only one way to find out is to yeah. get on there. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're on TikTok at some point in the future. I just mm. don't know that I'm the right person for it. Um, but yeah, Lip yes, it's a, and dancing. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just don't see. Yeah. I guess I don't have the video up here, which I apologize to anyone who's watching okay. this. I'm in the, in the process of moving and my apartment's an absolute disaster, but, yeah. um, I don't know that the camera is the right medium for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah, maybe maybe one day yeah. we'll see TikTok star, um, millions <laughs> of followers. Who knows? Who knows? God. Oh God. <laughs> do you do um? Do you do any video at all for your social channels? Yes. So we one thing we experimented with was LinkedIn Live videos. Um, okay which I kind of mentioned this earlier, I think LinkedIn's mm. a really effective platform, especially for, I mean, for us sitting at the intersection of kind of investing in gaming. Um, yeah. We've done a little bit of LinkedIn Live. I think we're probably going to keep doing it. I think it's, 
you know, it's hard to build an audience from scratch, which is yeah, basically yeah. what we were, were doing. But I think there's a lot of value to it. I think video gets really good engagement, especially mm -hmm. if it's live. Um, so we've done some work with video. So there is footage out there of me <laughs> in front of a camera if people are so inclined to, to so dig it up. Out. Yeah, search them out and put some links in the description. So that yeah. You could start, start a TikTok for me and I wouldn't I even do. know about it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know, <laughs> I'll just do that. Maybe I'll do some deep fakes as well or something. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's all be interesting to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's never thought about like doing. I know it sounds like a bit of a weird channel to maybe go to, but trying to do like Twitch streaming. I know that mm. you're obviously investment, but you see things like this where you get just company that isn't relevant. Some of them, just, I know yours is relevant to gaming, but you get some that aren't relevant to gaming at all, and they're just sat there gaming. It's just essentially free advertisement, really, isn't it? Hmm. Yep. No, I think there's something to be done with Twitch um, and with just live video in general. But like you look at Twitch and it's always been primarily for gaming, but they're building out their other, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I think they call it like in real life. Um, yeah. That may, that may not be right. Yeah. But I think there's there's room. If you can come on to Twitch with enough of a presence and to my point about me not being the camera guy, like we would probably need to hire someone specifically to do this, but, and have a show that's about kind of investing and making it, you know, appeal more to the audience that you would find on Twitch. A lot of value there if someone yeah. can figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But then the problem is, I guess, is that if it, they try and dilute it too much with like other, you know, expand their horizons, I guess, with other industries for example yeah. um will it, it that could be the killer then of twitch i know it's a huge thing but you see these mm. massive companies try and do too much and then it just completely wipes it out and twitch is known to be sort of the gaming platform isn't it yep i, I, I guess, mean hmm. go ahead so i was gonna say i guess if, if it was me personally and i i was you know amazon <laughs> i would probably create a secondary uh, platform that would then revolve around the other market, <laughs> right? Which would which would be pretty funny because it'd be full circle, right? You had Justin TV that kind of figured out, yeah. oh, gaming's actually the best opportunity, and then if Twitch were to spin back out, you know, whatever yeah. they wanted to call it, it could be interesting. I, I do think that's probably true, uh, but then you the, you run the risk if you're Twitch of you're not actually helping convert any of these people who watch video games on Twitch into viewers of these other mediums if they're not connected. So it's, it's a balancing act, I, th yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. How about um, Mixer? What's your thoughts on that one as well? <laughs> um, as, a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a platform for us or in general? Just in general, really, because yeah. I've seen a lot of these like streamers, big ones, starting to move over to Mixer. Yep. Um, so there's, there's the great kind of streaming war that, most people in traditional media don't talk about, which is on the game streaming side. I think you've seen a lot of departures from Twitch. Um, there's a, a lot of reasons you could put behind it. I think it's typically a combination of money and lifestyle. Um, so some of these platforms, you know, will, re I don't know if rewards the right word, but you can be a creator on a lot of these other platforms and not put as much time in and still kind of stay relevant. Um, but I think at the end of the day, that right now, if you're a if you're a, a game streamer and you have an audience, you have a, a position of power because if you're on Twitch, you can go and speak to Mixer, you can speak with YouTube, you can speak with, there's, there's a lot of platforms that you can go out there and potentially move over to. Facebook Gaming is another one. Um, and we've seen that. And I think at the high level, it's important for all these non-Twitch video platforms to build an audience. But I also think it's going to be important in the long run to build a bench behind the top names because it's a little hard if all you have is the, the high-end content okay. creators. So I think that's going to be the challenge for all these other platforms is building out the mm. middle class, for less, lack of a better way to put it. I think that probably doesn't sound very nice. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not intended to be mean, but yeah. I think there needs, to be, there needs to be other things to watch and to discover underneath the, you know, the ninjas of the world, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, especially if you're trying to keep people on the platform as well, because if they're not streaming at the time you want to be watching and you've got nothing else, then they're just going to go back to Twitch. So mm -hmm. 
exactly you build this this group of like you say <laughs> like you say the middle class <laughs> yeah no i realized after yeah. i said that <laughs> yeah, that i probably shouldn't oh. have that's going to be a tiktok video isn't it yeah that's talking that's about the middle class yeah. streamers that's going to get horrible. some hate um, um i will i will also say though when you look at the the game the you know the live streaming companies here in the u.s they're all embedded in these larger tech companies mm. so it's sometimes hard to look at their strategy for their streaming platform without taking into account the broader business so like yeah. for microsoft for example like mixer is important but if they can find a way to leverage mixer to drive revenue into other high value channels for them whether it's you know, people buying consoles or subscriptions to other types of services, like that could, that could be enough for them where Mixer's just a loss leader, they lose money on it, yeah. but it's, they could yeah. almost look at it as advertising for their other yeah. Brings offerings. As a thing. Right. Yeah. Brings them into the ecosystem. Exactly. Cause I, I was always, I was worried when Amazon bought Twitch that they would kind of incorporate it into this Amazon prime video yeah. monster. Um, which I'm glad they haven't done yet, um, but it's always on my mind. I don't think they yeah. will. I think that they will keep it separate mm. as much I, as possible. I actually get the same feeling. I've been down to their offices here in San Francisco, and like, nice. as far as I can tell, it is a separate company in yeah. all ways, ex-ownership. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I don't have any special insights there, but yeah. it seems like they're gonna, they're gonna run, build that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it runs its own own thing. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So, did we did we ask what your favorite game was? We, uh, we we didn't. I mentioned that I'm okay. a fighting game guy yeah. and a racing yeah. game guy. So, um, with that in mind, my favorite game is Smash on N64. Oh, um, okay. yeah. So I still have that. Um, I, although I realized, I'm, like I said, I'm in the process of moving and I have three controllers that are like not great. So it's kind of unfair when I had people over to play because I know <laughs> one controller is better. So yeah. I got to get some new controllers, but that's my favorite. I do play it on Switch too. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that's been my favorite game since it came out, basically. That is amazing. Has it, that's um, amazing. So are you kind of more into that kind of fighter or is, is Tekken out of bounds? Is more that more that type of fighter mm. i'll i'm it's really i guess i shouldn't even say i just really like super smash brothers um, yeah, yeah just basically <laughs> super smash brothers, yeah. but i am generally speaking more capable at picking up a fighting game than i am like a first person mm. shooter my aim's terrible I, I just have no shot and then i've tried to over the past year or so to like teach myself how to play league and dota 2 oh and I, I just That's solid they are I, I have so much more respect for the people who yeah. play that game at a high level. I, I, yeah. I fell into a Reddit forum about Dota strategies once and I was like, this is, <laughs> they're, they're playing chess and I'm playing tic-tac-toe. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. it's not good. Um, so yeah, the other one I would put in the mix, also an old game and doesn't have an esports presence at all, but I was a big Need for Speed Most Wanted fan back in the day. Oh, you no. you get that. You get that M3 set up and run away from, uh, what was the cop's name? Uh, uh, sharp or not sharp? No. Nah, um, um, oh, I was literally playing it the other day. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember. But yeah, that was, that's a quality game. Yeah. Um, I've no, I remember that game the, so the well. Speed. I've, I was more into uh, kind of Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. I love those. Um, they were a little too realistic for me. I remember I couldn't yeah. get my S-Class license and I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I managed to grind all my way, my way up there. Uh, I got an F1 car at one point. Which was oh, like, nice. Same. Um, all right. So I'm not even good at racing games anymore compared <laughs> to everyone else. I think, you know, when you're, when you're 13 and 14 and have nothing else to do, I think you eventually yeah. just pick it up. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. It's, it's, it's like, um, I mean, the game, the actual level of games I play now is terrible. It's <laughs> um, I've been doing yeah. a lot recently. Yeah, I had a bit of a downfall since sort of Modern Warfare 2. And then recently, like, since the new Call of Duty's come out, I've really picked up my, my game again. Mm. Getting getting pretty good, but... Well, I had, I had a, a Mac <laughs> since I was about 18 until 
couple of years ago. And so I didn't re I wasn't able to really play games. Um, there are only a few. So I basically played Total War for eight years, which we got pretty decent at. Um, and now I'm starting to pick up racing games and shooter games again, and I'm, I'm awful, but it's good fun. <laughs> if you're ever in um, Birmingham, Tim, you should uh, you should let me know because I'm there's there's loads of Super Smash tournaments in Birmingham. Mm. Um, there's a couple of my friends and they compete in them and everything. Uh, probably it's about two or three a week in Birmingham. It's a huge really? presence there. Yeah, there's a massive presence of Super Smash tournaments over there. Interesting. I mean, most of them are amateur, but you get you probably get one professional one a month, and then you get loads of amateur ones sat around. And also, they've just opened a um, like a little uh, gaming uh, sort of, not arena. That's the wrong word, but there's a little gaming area uh, right. in the custard factory. Is that the right name for it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And yeah, uh, yeah, they they host all their tournaments there now. Interesting. I mean, look, the the fighting game community has without a ton of support from the actual developers over time it's mm. a really i mean grassroots built community but it's a presence so uh but that's good to know about birmingham yeah yeah it's huge it's massive there yeah yeah that, that they'll, they'll get at least i mean i was talking to them and they will i was like oh because i thought because they're sort of amateur i was like oh they probably get like 12 mates together or something and they're like now nah, we've, we've had about 160 people register at once and like you got to filter down and then the, this tournament will go on for about a month because everyone's coming together once every week to do this tournament yeah. uh i think at the moment they're getting about 230 in for a tournament wow <laughs> and these are the people like you know us lot really that want to have a bit of fun and think we mm. and really enjoy that game like yourself yeah. um but yeah huge and this is many tournaments a week as well <laughs> yeah it's just again for me it's like nintendo has never really supported the community or at least not recently no, it just seems like a missed opportunity i mean i think they'd probably sell more games if they were to support the community and make the prize pools bigger and all that but i don't know that's yeah, it's I a agree. great it's a great company on a lot of other fronts i think like there's there's a lot to look forward to if you're looking at Nintendo, but they they kind of are missing the boat on esports. I think. Yeah, yeah. Personal I opinion. The... No, I think that, that's a quite a large opinion for everyone else. I mean, from what I've yeah. spoken to, because I because I'm working on stuff, other things at the moment, can't really mention yet. But mm -hmm. I was talking to a few others about it in that in the, in that in the Super Smash tournaments, and they said that's. Like there's no ladders, there's no leagues, and it's just you've got to organise it all yourself. To, even they said to me, there's just no support there, and I've recommended them a couple of websites where it might help them out, and they use them now. But they were saying you just there's just nothing there to help us. Like you you've got to grow it yourself. You've got to try and build it yourself in a way. Um, yep. And I mean, if you look at like Nintendo makes money, like they could put money into this, and yeah. even if they want to look at it as a marketing expense, I mean. There's there's yeah. ways to build and and there's nothing like a big prize pool to bring attention to your game. I mean, you no. look at what Valve did with Dota over the years. It's like, yeah. and then what we've seen with Fortnite. It's like these prize pools. They're they they're meaningful. They create more players. They create more eyeballs. Like mm. anyway, I think yeah. maybe someday they they change it too. God, I don't I don't yeah I don't know. Nintendo seems to be quite. I feel they're going to be left behind. Um. With their games, I know um, there's a new game, Temtem, that's coming out. Um, mm -hmm. Their recent Pokemon wasn't particularly well received. Um, I had fun, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I always love Pokemon. I've yeah, played it since, does. what, Pokemon Red, I think, was yeah. the first one, and Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. Unlike I was on. I was blue. My brother had red, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You've always got to have one of each. Um, Otherwise, you can't get. You can't catch them all. You got to. I know. You've, you've yeah. got to do the swaps. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think overall the the recent one wasn't the best because it is it is basically the same thing. I don't think they've changed it since. Yep. Red. They've updated the graphics a bit. Um, the switch was awesome, but then. Yep. There's other things that they're not doing that they could, like you say, with esports, they could be doing a lot better to promote these games that will get way more sales. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think so too. Mm. We shall see. We shall see what happens with Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they don't go anywhere. They they do well. I like I like the things they put out mostly. Yeah, I think <laughs> they, they, there's a good chance they'll win just or they'll you know continue to succeed from yeah. other initiatives they have. Like I think Switch and Switch Lite, I think it is the mm. fact that they're now in China's big. Um, Pokemon, they're actually, um, I think it's in a couple months, but they're releasing like an expansion pack on Sword and Shield, which is kind of yeah. a new thing for them. It's like, um, you know, continued monetization of the same game. So I, they're definitely doing some interesting things, but mm. we shall see if they ever <laughs> kick up their esports efforts. Yeah, to, to the big leagues. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so going, going back to Smash quickly, <laughs> um, who's your favorite hero? So I really like playing with Ness. Um, oh, really? I, I do. I, I've looked recently at like the the power rankings, I guess. And yeah. He he never seems to scream that well. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I just don't think a lot of people play with him. So when you play, like when I play against my friends, they've never played against Ness, like or an effective yeah. Ness. So I don't yeah. know. Ness is Ness is always my go-to. It's almost that like niche niche pick that no one really knows how to handle. So it's just a good. little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure if I was trying to compete at a higher level, uh, there's plenty of weaknesses from this <laughs> that can be exploited quite easily. Yeah. Uh, but my friends haven't really figured. My friends, except for one friend, who if he if he ever finds this, is going to be like, "You suck it and at Smash." <laughs> but, yeah, stop, stop saying that you're amazing and you're beating all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> That's incredible. So, do you? Do you, do you mainly kind of get people around and, and play? Is it kind of quite a social gathering or do you play it online? Uh, I've tried to over the years. That's why I've always kept the N64. I think people like to come over and, and kind of have a throwback type night. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that recently as much as I should. Um, that being said, I do have an Xbox. I do play live. Um, my business partner and I would occasionally talk through business related things while playing apex um he's good he's good at epic apex i'm terrible (laughs) um so but but yeah i i would say it's probably a good mix of in person and online at this point but Mm. i don't know i'm a little i'm a little old school in my choice of games which kind of hinders it if you want to play smash 64 you can't you can't play online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. it has any. It wouldn't have any connection to the internet, would it? No, it wouldn't. But one thing I've always wondered, and I'm curious if you guys have thought about this: How did everyone know to blow in the cartridge for N64 if it's not working? Because that was pre-internet, but everyone knew. Yeah, yeah the whole world. Like, I don't. I don't know. It's just some kind of N64 psychic link or something. I don't know. The, the um, word just got out there and yeah, took off, just, I guess. You know, someone just blew in the culture one day and was like, oh, it works again. It works again. Yeah. I'll tell I friend. actually, I read online that you're not even supposed to do that. <laughs> I, when I, when, you're supposed to, I read something that said take a Q-tip and put rubbing alcohol on it. And it oh. actually worked for a game that wasn't working with the blow in the cartridge trick. So if you ever, if you ever do that, you're okay. ever really having an issue. It makes more sense than blowing in it, but way more sense way, way more sense it makes yeah way more sense yeah <laughs> um yeah. no that, that's that's awesome that is awesome um do you ever uh explore outside of um e-games internet gaming and go into kind of board games or uh, yeah we play some board games um yeah. i have some friends who play a lot of board games so i'm typically okay being brought up to speed when we play a new game yeah um any any in particular you have in mind because i can show up and bring a new game and seem cooler than i really am Uh, (laughs) i mean i've got i've got a ton of games ranging from your kind of party games like uh, i don't know if you played code names or anything like that before i love love code names code names is fantastic such a good game yeah such a good game It's, it's a great party game it just gets everyone going together um yep. all the way through to i've got a a star wars game that takes probably four or five hours to play um, yeah past the pigs monster oh that's, that pig. one. that's, that's my favorite so easy i mean it's just full of games and... oh wow 
Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm up for some some longer games sometimes. It's mm. sometimes hard to get people to play with you. Like I I just yeah. gave I just gave my brother because I'm trying to clean stuff out. I had a uh, Game of Thrones Risk Game of oh, Thrones nice. edition, yeah. which was a lot of fun. The one time I convinced enough people to play with me, <laughs> but it takes like four hours. <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time, and it's some of the games like that. It's kind of the setup almost takes longer than the game. You're like, sorry, but yep. we need to put this here and do that and. Yeah. yeah and and you need serious players too because if you don't have it it becomes just a game of attrition like one person just gives up <laughs> and goes on a like a rampage campaign yeah. that they know they can't win and then <laughs> yeah. it's unfair to whoever takes them out and so exactly but yes messing yeah. around yeah love a good ball game as well um, yeah that's awesome um yeah i think that's all the things we kind of had lined up to talk about today well, well yeah i mean this yeah. has been a lot of fun um uh, i appreciate you guys having me on yeah thanks um, for coming on yeah of course it's been great hopefully it's interesting for uh your listeners um but if they give negative feedback i don't want it i don't want yeah, it i mean if they give negative feedback we're taking it down so it'll be that middle class comment we'll add yeah. it out uh, uh, <laughs> yeah that's gonna get yeah. me fame in the wrong way in game yeah i mean but. um we had uh lucas sankala on the other night and he yeah. was he was throwing out some serious hate on Fortnite. so i'm I think uh, that's going to pale in comparison to what the hate he's going to get, I feel. <laughs> okay. The, the whole Fortnite's not esports argument? Yeah. Yeah, that, bro- got, mm. that got brought up. Um, I, get, I get it. I do get it because it's not... It's not... Your, your skill can be limited by the luck and the RNG yep. you get. Um, but... Yeah. I'll if if yeah, I, it's probably that's not a rabbit hole. I think we go down right now. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to comment on that then. <laughs> oh no, I don't. No, well, you can you can watch that episode when it's out. Um, I will. Just, just kind of go. Yeah, I agree with that. In kind of to yourself, like yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, uh, so if there's anything you want to promote. Um, about yourself or Roundhill, if there's anything you can promote, that is the other question, then go for it. Yeah, there is. So um, we're active on Twitter uh, at Roundhill. Um, yeah. We're also on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to me, Tim Maloney. Um, I think we have a newsletter that we put out every week. We cover five stories from the industry and what the sort of implications are from an investor's point of view. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hopefully that's useful to people. And if you trade stocks or ETFs, um, check us out. The ticker is nerd. You can find more info at nerdetf.com. And yeah, we're pretty easy to find and we're pretty responsive. Um, So reach out, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, You know, we want to... We want to keep meeting people, so yeah, talk and just reach out and talk. I love it. Well, I'm yeah. definitely going to be looking into nerds. I've I've, look, I've been looking at it this evening uh, after you mentioned it, and uh, definitely something I think I might get involved in. Yeah. Very nice. Well, we look forward to having you as a shareholder. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I start with fifty p? See where it goes. <laughs> yeah um but anyway yeah so i mean that's that's where you can find us um i'm on twitter as well at maloney sandwich but uh, that's an amazing twitter name (laughs) thank you yeah i wish i wish my content was even more amazing uh i (laughs) but but that's where i am so give me a follow (laughs) that's perfect and we'll put links to as much as we can down in the description um so everyone can get to that easily which is awesome um yeah and that's it that's it for today i hope everyone who's listening has learned something and got something out of it and we'll see you on the next one awesome awesome thanks thanks for having me hey thank you for listening to the land party podcast we hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed recording it it's amazing talking to these incredible people we are always looking for more people to come on so if you're in the esports industry just get in touch and let us know you're interested in coming on board. Also, Land Party is a project that we're working on right now, and we are currently looking for investment to make it even more of a reality, to speed the project up, to make it better than it could be with 
what we've got at the moment. And we're also looking for developers who maybe want to come on board and work with us on creating this new technology that's going to change the face of esports. So if you're interested in that, let me know, just drop us an email and we can start the conversation.